0: Get your Bibles out, the book of Matthew. If you do not know where Matthew is, go to your table of contents. If you don't know where your table of contents is, you've never opened your Bible. The book of Matthew, chapter 11, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels. Matthew, chapter 11. When you got it, say, I got it. Now, you're going to talk back to me this morning. I was gone for a week, and I need to hear you this morning. Just so all of you know, because everybody always wants to ask, where did you go? We went to Tennessee. We went up into the mountains. We rode on a ski lift. My wife had a panic attack. It's fairly epic. Uh, what else did we do? We, we, pl- we played some golf. We, we just got away for a couple of days, and I want to thank you for allowing us to do that. We don't do a lot of those throughout the year. We need those every once in a while just to kind of disconnect. I need time to be dad. And then I find out how bad I am at moments at being dad. And Then I realize the pain she goes through. When you have four kids in a car for nine and a half hours, and they're like, Are we there yet? And we literally got on the road 30 minutes ago. Oh, they need to make a drug that you can give your children in the car for road trips that just make them sleep till you wake up on the other side. It's like we're here, it's like magic. It's like, Oh, ah. you don't have to stop for bathroom breaks, you don't have to stop to feed them, because it's like you feed them, and then you go one mile down the road, I'm hungry. You just ate. What is wrong with you? So anyway, we had a good time. Thank you for allowing us to take a break and to get away. Let's get in the Word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. You have heard this scripture before. I know you have, but I feel like it's something that needs to be declared to you again because I think we forget to do this a lot. It says in there, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, so many times in our lives we take vacations because we think vacations are going to give us rest. When you have four children and you go on vacation, you find out the vacation is nothing more than extended work. Amen. It's not a vacation. You just keep on working. It's just in a different perspective. And so many times we take vacations because we think vacations are going to satisfy us. Can I get an amen from somebody? You might come back with good memories, but how many of you know that you have to take a vacation from your vacation? Okay. So what I've learned over the last few years is that vacations don't need to be but don't need to be a place of rest. They need to be a place of memories. Because if you understood who you were and who dwells on the inside of you, you would already understand that even in the midst of wherever you are, you already have rest because he is your rest. So many times we go on vacation to get rest, but I'm a carrier of rest. You're a carrier of rest. You just got to decide whether or not it's going to enact in your life. You got to decide whether or not you're going to be at rest. How many of you in this room... I, this is a bad word to use, but have a tendency to be high strung. Okay. Did you know there's a, there's a compensation for that? There's a way to fix that. That's finally allowing God to become your rest. Uh, what was it? Uh, a couple of months ago, about a month and a half ago, I decided after 11 and a half years, almost 12, to finally take up a hobby. Literally, since I've been married, since we've been together, I've never had a hobby. I literally work and work and work, and work. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start playing golf. Now, as of right now, I just hit golf balls. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm not going to go on a course and shank balls left and right and go, well, this is horrible. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than you get up to hit a ball, and then you've got three people behind you waiting for you to hit, and you feel the pressure, and you know if you don't hit it right, they're just judging you, and they're looking. So I just don't need that pressure. So I just go to the range, and if I shank one, I'm like, ha oops. Or I yell for a lot because the ball's headed towards people that it doesn't need to go towards but, but anyway, whatever. I started I started picking up going to the range uh, once or twice a week just to hit some balls. And 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 I found that in that I get rest. You go, but that's work, you're sweating, it's hot, I say, but it's a disconnect. And what I found out that the more I find moments of rest, the more I hear God speak. That when I'm disconnected from the, all of the existence around me, because it all has to be done, amen. You all have to get into this work mode and we got to do stuff. But when you take a moment to separate yourself from the busyness of life and you just say, you know what, for just this few minutes, I'm going to disconnect from what I have to do. And just it's amazing. I'm sitting there holding a club and all of a sudden God's feeding me sermons. And God goes, Brian, you understand that I never quit talking, it's that all the stuff you're doing is making more noise. It's louder than my voice. And I need you to find rest in me. I need you to come to me. I need you to spend time with me. Bring me down just a little bit because I got a little bit of a home coming out of this thing. So I want to encourage you this morning that rest needs to be a part of your existence. I told our staff a couple weeks ago, I need you to find a hobby. Because people who work without a hobby become slaves. People who work with no fun become slaves to what they do, and they start disliking what they do, who they are, and what they are, and they begin to question everything. you got to find some rest, and the greatest place to find rest is in God. This morning I want to preach to you that simple title called rest, and in order to do that I need to just continue to break down this scripture because I think we read this scripture so many times. Come to me all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're like, oh, that's a great scripture. God, that's a great scripture. But we fail to do what the scripture commands us to do. And we have to start with the very fundamental beginning of it because if we don't, we're not going to capture the whole piece of it. How many of you understand that when God gives instruction, he breaks it down for you because he knows how dumb we are? He doesn't just give you like this plan. He just, bam. He goes, here, here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. And when you finish all of that, look what happens. He has a plan for it. It's like putting together a bike. Here's step one. Here's step two. Hey, look, you got a bike. Yay. So I want to break it down for you. Let's go into Matthew chapter 11, just in the beginning of verse 28. It says these very three words. Come to me. Come to who? Who is he referring to? Him. Him. Me. Him. God. That was perfect. I said the same thing in my head when you said it, so I'm with you. Come to God. Why is it that we have a tendency to go to everything else? And we wonder why we cannot find rest. Listen, when you're in your worst moment, who do you call? Please be honest. Because what we have a tendency to do is to tell everybody before we tell God. We go and feed it to everyone else, and then we go, oh, now i got to go pray. Your first response in any situation in life is to go to him first. Do you know I go to God before I go to her? Now, I love her. She's my wife. I'm blessed. I, I'm, she, she's my best friend, but she's not my source. So when I'm going, can I just be honest with you? Not just when I'm going through stuff, but just in life in general. Come to me. Okay, God, I'm going to come to you first. But we have this tendency, this propensity to always go to the world before we go to God. And we understand why we can't find rest. It's because we're depending on people to give us rest. People who are unrest or do not have rest cannot give you rest. And if you go to people and they're willing to listen to what you're going through without pushing you to go to God, that is a complete uh, inevitable space that they are at. They are not at rest. Because people that will listen to you without encouraging you to go to God means that they're not going to God themselves. And they need your problems because they need to get over their own problems. They, they, are, they are hoarders of struggle. They are hoarders of insomnia. They are hoarders of lack of rest. They are hoarders of, I, 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 I just want to, listen, I don't want to, I'm going to say this with love. I don't really want to hear all your problems. Because of what I'm going to tell you to do every time is go to God. Every Sunday I preach from this pulpit, not so that you can come have a meeting with me. I preach from this pulpit so you'll do the same thing I do. Come to me. Go to God, seek the Father, go to him, ask his advice. Don't seek mine. Listen, my advice is just opinions. His advice is eternal. I can give you what I think, but he can tell you what he knows. And I, my job is to encourage you that. But it's amazing to me how sometimes we think that we got we to gotta go run to everybody to get advice, run to everybody to tell the world what we're going through. No, you don't. You need to seek God and let him give you wisdom or correct you. Can I help you with something? Correction will bring rest. Sometimes your lack of rest is a lack of correction in your spirit because you are doing things the wrong way. It's like this. I was, I'll go back to the golf stuff for just a second. I was talking to one of the pros at the golf course and she was like, these guys come in and they, they just get a bucket, like 150 balls. They just want to go hit all day long. And, and she said, "Then all of a sudden they're trying to get tips from everybody around them. They're standing on the range there. Well, how'd you hit it like this? And how did you, and they got all these pieces of, of people's, different people's games and, and how they hit the ball and, and, and all, and they can't ever seem to make it work. And here was the problem. It's because they keep repeating bad habits and everybody else's struggles instead of finding the right, correct way to do it from a person who already knows. God says, come to me. I've already done this. I know how to get you through it. Come to me. I'll walk you through it. I'll, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy ride and thy staff, they comfort me. Why why did David say that? Because he understood that if I go to God in the middle of my circumstance, I'll come out of the valley and go to the mountaintop. Your rest, your lack of rest in your life is because you have made a home in the valley and you refuse to allow God to lead you out of it. You go to listen, I, I say it all the time. I I listen, we have a Facebook page for the church, we have an Instagram, and it's all great. But people are like, Pastor, I sent you a message on Facebook. I'm sorry. Well, you don't check it? No. Why? Because I get really tired of watching what people post. Because when they're going through something, they want to tell the world, waiting for somebody to reply to their I just want to literally, when people start writing stuff and start complaining about their lives, I just want to write in the biggest letters I can find, pray, go to God, please. If I could send a voicemail, I would like, hey, please go to God. But then they come to church on Sundays, I worship you. No, you don't. Because if you worshiped him, you would have already gone to him. I said this a couple weeks ago. Most people's worship in the church today is to get them out of a circumstance and a situation rather than to declare who he is in their lives. You got to find rest. He says, come to me. Come to me. Can I just say this? Church, church in general has become nothing more than a gathering of the world to declare God, but needs to be pet in service. In other words, if, if you don't smile at me, I'm offended. I'm going to another church. If the pastor doesn't love me, I'm leaving. I'm going to another church. If the, if, if the pastor won't spend time with me, if, 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 if the staff won't be this, da da da. When did it become about the people who work in the church and just become about the God that you serve? Watch this. How many of y'all going to Starbucks? You can drink coffee at Starbucks. Do you go to Starbucks for the people that are working at Starbucks? No, Jack, you want that cup of coffee. That's all you want. You don't care who's serving it. You just want the coffee as long as they get it to you in a timely manner. You know, it's funny. I was sitting at Starbucks one day, and I was standing at the bar. And and it's funny in the morning to watch people who go get their coffee. It's really epic because they pull up to the window, and they're like this. I mean, they're just like I got baristas over here. They're like, thank you, Lord. And and they're just angry there. Then they come to the window with a cup of coffee, and it's elation. I will gladly give you my $5 for that cup of coffee. Yes, give me my coffee. We went to a Starbucks in Nashville. This was crazy. I've never been to a Starbucks like this in my life. We literally ordered at the drive-thru. By the time I pulled my car from the window, from, from the order screen to the window, they had all of my coffees in the tray ready for me. And I've, all of our stuff was ready. And they were like, here you go. I called. I said, can you give me the manager? She came to the door. They, first of all, they were like, um, what about? Because they were waiting. Come on, baristas over here. They were waiting for the... I can't believe it took you so long, or why did you screw up my coffee? I'm leaving. Okay, that's what they were waiting for, and I said, no, no, I said, stop. She came, kind of came around the corner, like, scared it, like, and I said, no, no, I need you to tell, I need to tell you right now, I've been to a lot of Starbucks. You're the best one I've ever been to. She's like, really? <laughs> what? Now, I didn't pick that Starbucks because of the people in it. I picked it because I wanted the cup of coffee. Why did you pick the church that you attend? Why did you get up this morning and get dressed? Why did you come to this church? There's, there's 80 churches in this city. Why are you here? If you're here for me, baby, you've missed it because you're going to be strongly disappointed because I promise you at some point in this message, I'm going to say something you don't want to hear. And I'm going to keep smiling about it because I didn't come to be friends. I came to give you the word. But you should wake up and say, listen, I'm going to church because God dwells in that house and that's who I've come to see this morning. That's where you'll find, listen, you will walk out of service every Sunday with rest in your spirit if you came here looking for the one that gives you rest. If you came here looking for my preaching and their good singing, you will walk out back into your frustrations or you will sit in my service while I preach and balance your checkbook three times. And all those that did it cannot say amen. Amen. He says, come to me. In other words, trust me. How many of y'all know trust is one of the hardest things we do as believers? It's easier to trust the world because you can see the world. It's hard to trust God because you can't see him. But you got to believe that he's working on your behalf even when you can't see it. But he says, come to me. Let me help with something. You will stop having trust issues with God if you make a lifestyle of coming to him every single day of your life. Because you will start to see the, competit- the, 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 the consistency of God manifesting in your life because you keep coming back to him. If you just visit him on Sundays, baby, that's not consistent. That's called visitation. And the person who's waiting for your visitation is wondering if you're going to show up that day. But when we were living in consistency, it's because we trust God and we know who he is. We come to him and he says, come to me. What? All you who labor and are heavy laden. Can I just say this to you? This is not a scripture for sinners. This is a scripture for all. So many times we've read this. Well, I'm not all who labor and are heavy, I'm not heavy laden. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. But you labor. How many of y'all work? You labor. How many of you need rest from your labor? Stop trying to feed your rest. Stop trying to eat your way into rest. Can I get an amen? We live in Louisiana. That's how we get rest around here. Don't try to eat your way into rest. Don't try to find solace in other people to get your rest. Come to me, all you who labor and are carrying heavy burdens. I carry heavy burdens. Amen. You carry heavy burdens. Come to me, all ye that are who labor and are heavy laden, all who work and carry loads. How many of you carry loads? Come on, please work with me this morning. No, Pastor, I left all my loads at home. You lie, you lie, you lie, because you're thinking about what you're going to do when church is over. How many of you carry loads? Just admit it. Stick your hand up and be like, that's me. You might as well just get over it. I carry loads. How many of you would like to put your loads down? Then you're going to have to pick up. You're going to have to go get the father. You're going to have to come to him because here's what God's going to do. Come here. Put it down. But but God, if I don't hold this, it's not going to work. No, that's the problem. You think you can make it work, but I can make it work better than you. Put it down. Stop carrying it. Trust me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Can I help you with something? You'll You'll stop viewing your life as labor and heavy laden when you start coming to him more often. Because it won't be work. It'll be compassion. And then he goes, and I will give you what? Mm. So come to me. Step one. Step one. Come to me. So Pastor, I just need rest. If you gone to God? No. Come to me. All ye. So then he qualifies who can come. All. 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 Not few. Not the select few. Not the frozen chosen. The All. Everybody, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about when I say frozen chosen. All can come to him. If you labor, come to me. If you're heavy laden, come to me. No matter where you are in life, come to me, and I will give you rest. I love this. Rest is referred to as, I found three definitions for the word rest. The first one was refreshing, quiet, or sleep. And Proverbs 3.24 says it like this. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Ooh, Jesus Come on, some of y'all, that's, that's, that's a preach moment. You want to get up and run right now. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Come I many ever go down to bed, and you're like, I can't sleep. Can I help you with something? Insomnia. Insomnia is not a medical condition. Insomnia is an inability to trust God with your life. And people are like, no, Pastor, I need medication. No, you need more Jesus. Because watch this. The Bible says in Psalms. On thy word hath I meditated both when day and night. Watch this. Why is it we're so good at praying for God to govern our day? God, go before us. Be with us throughout our day. Lead us and guide us. Protect us as we go. But when we go to bed, we don't seek the same comfort. You want to find out where your faith is the biggest? Go to sleep. It's the only time in your life that you have no control whether or not you wake up. If you trust him, you come to him before you go to rest, go to sleep, you will lie down. You will not be afraid. You will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. How many of y'all ever read your Bible at night? Come on, work with me. You ever fallen asleep while you read your Bible? Yep. Did you feel like a failure as a believer? Yeah. God, I failed you. I fell asleep. <laughs> no, uh He put you to sleep. He put you to sleep because what you did is you read yourself out of your struggle. And your word overtook your struggle and you found rest and it put you to sleep. The reason you stay up is because you're carrying the struggle and not carrying the savior. So put the struggle down and pick up your word and let God lead you into sleep. I'm telling you this because I used to ask my wife, I'd stay up to four or five in the morning, go sleep for two hours and do it all over again. Because I just my mind just starts going. But if I can go into my room and turn on some worship music or 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 get my get in my word or, or even turn on someone preaching. But I will night night. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe it's time that you find your rest, that quiet sleep, that sweet sleep. The other definition for rest was relief or freedom. John chapter eight, verse thirty six says this. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In order to be free indeed, which means free perpetually, free for eternity, free in him. The reason that is, is because you are willing to go to him first. If you're not going, you're not free. You're not because you're in bondage to everything else. Therefore, if the son makes you free, not your friends, not your family members, not my mama who's sitting in a room. Trust me, when I went to jail, my mama wanted to get me out, but she couldn't set me free. Because let I me mean, help with something. I was not only in jail in the flesh, but I was in jail in the spirit and in the mind. I was in bondage completely. There was nothing. She could pray, but it wasn't up to her to get me out. It was up to me to finally make a decision to give God and to go to him is what I did on the way into the judge's chambers. God, I give you my life. Whatever you want from me, I'll do it. I don't care. You got my attention, and I'll commit my ways to you. And then I get out of jail that day. Why? Because I came to him. I didn't run to my mom. Oh, man, you got to get me out of jail. Oh, I love people come to me and go, Pastor, can you help me get my kid out of jail? No, leave them there. It's good for them. It's healthy. They put themselves there and let them sweat it out. Why? Because once they realize the pain and struggle of it, they'll stop running back to the junk and they'll start running to the Savior. Amen. Are you jailbirds in the room ain't like me. Amen. <laughs> the other definition was mental or spiritual calm. How many of y'all are not calm? You're like, I'm not saying that one. Pastor, I'm really calm. I promise I'm really calm. <laughs> Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in what? Do y'all realize if God wrote perfect in Scripture, do you understand how great that peace is? Perfect. That means no blemish, no brokenness. It doesn't have anything hindering it. It is perfect in God. He will give you perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed. Stayed. What does stayed mean? Focused. Now, before you think that, I think you need to walk around the streets and be like, ah. I'm just focused on God. No, that's weird. People are not going to be your friend. Okay, you're not going to have anybody your friend. No one's going to talk to you. They're going to think you're weird. Don't do that. Listen, I can live every day of my life, have as much fun as I want, and still have a mind focused on God. I can still consult him without the world knowing. I can still come to him in my spirit and talk to him and hear him talk to me all day long. You don't even have to know it. We might be sitting out having a cup of coffee laughing about a joke, and I'm still talking to God. You just don't know it. Because why? Because my mind is focused. I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with what he wants for me. And, 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 and if I'm in tune with what he wants for me, then I will not be swayed from my existence. I will not be swayed out of who I'm called to be. I will constantly stay in that place, and then I will not freak out because I'm on some side road. And when struggles come my way, hey, God, hey, I'm with you. Can I, can I say this as a sidebar? Stop trying to fix things you can't fix and just trust God in it. And I know you might not like that statement, but the truth be told, you can't fix nothing anyway. We've had things happen in our lives, and it's like, man, what we go I, I don't know. It, look, I'm really good at that answer. I don't know. And I know that's not a great answer because, you know, I, I understand my wife likes stability and definites, and I understand that. And, but, but, but I'm just at that point in my life where it's just like, you know what? I don't know. I'm just going to trust God. Well, can, can you? Just, she doesn't say this, but she, people go, can you just, just trust God like that? Well, trusting the problem is not getting me rest, so why would I trust that? Might as well just trust God and know that he's going to work it all out. He said, for he works out. He works everything for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He works everything. Everything. There is nothing that he's not working on. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on you. Your focus is only broken when you stop trusting. Your focus is only broken when you stop trusting. All right, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Go back in that part of Scripture with me. It says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. How many of you ever thought that God was an angry God? Ever felt like that? Felt like he's going to get you. Oh, I'm a sinner, and he's going to jack me up. How many of you ever thought that what you were going through was because God was putting inflictions on you. Come on, wave at me. I felt that before. God, I'm so sorry. I'm mean, in this because I screwed up. You know what's funny? I can't find that in scripture. There's not one scripture in the world, in the word, that says God puts you into struggle because he's angry with you. He says, I love you, and there's nothing that can separate me from you. David even said it nor, neither height, nor depth, nor principalities. Nothing can separate me from the love of God absolutely nothing nothing can separate you from his love and he says here he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart in other words he is a father who walks in humility with his kids he says i'm lowly in heart in other words i understand what you're going through and i'm going to walk with you through it till we come out on the other side when asher took the golf club to his face i didn't look at him and go suck it up buttercup I picked him up. I walked him to the kitchen. I made a bag of ice. I stuck it to his face. He said, Daddy, that's cold. I said, "Now, nah, now, nah, you got to suck it up because I got to put the ice on your face. Uh, we waited like two hours to even show him the shiner. We walked through the bathroom. He goes, ooh. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I understand, though. I walked with him through it. Do you understand that five or ten minutes later after he took a golf club to the face, he's outside playing in the front yard and doesn't want to go and lay down. He just wants to keep playing. Because I didn't make a big deal of his shiner. I didn't make a big deal of what happened to his face. I helped him to see and walk through the process. I didn't let him pitch a tent in the valley and let him go, oh, God, I'm going to die. Although my wife was going to, do we need to go to the hospital? Do we need to go to the ER? Is he he okay? Yes, babe, he's going to be fine. I got a shiner. He's got a shiner. We're all good. We're going to make it. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Stop carrying the load by yourself. How many of you carry loads by yourself? You don't tell nobody about it. You just carry them. I know there's way more y'all in this room. Y'all just ain't going to admit to it right now. He says, take my yoke upon you. Do you know what a yoke is? A yoke is a harness. A yoke is a harness with two spaces on it. The yoke is meant for two oxen to carry or to pull the plow. Right? Two oxen. Do you understand why you yoke up two oxen together? Because when one gets weary, the other one picks up, and they trade off. Which you don't realize, you think both oxen are working at the same strength. No. And they don't ever pair the same size oxen next to each other or the same strength oxen. They're two different strength levels. Why? Because when one wears down, the other one picks up. And when that one gets tired, the other one picks up. He said, take my yoke. In other words, I didn't ask you to champion the cause or champion the world and win everything. I need you to come and fight with me so that when you get weak, I become your strength. For his word says that in your weakness, he... He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, he's got more season in him than you do. And when you start to want to get weird, he goes, hey... Don't do that. Come back over here. But yoking yourself with God means that you're not going to separate yourself from him. That you're willing to stay the course. Take my yoke and learn from me. You will still carry it, but God will see you through it. Stop getting worn out carrying stuff that you think God sees it. He's just waiting for you to bring it to him. He's just waiting for you to include him. Tag, you're it. It's like a wrestling match. It's like a tag team match. Tag, you're in. God's sitting on the side going, let me in. You're like, no, I got this. I can do this. I want to win it myself. God goes, do you understand that your victory in me is greater than your victory in you? I understand you want the championship belt. I understand you want to say, look what I did. But do you understand that when there is someone next to you that shares that belt with you, then the world, the, the enemy becomes afraid of who you are because they see what you're tagged to? Yeah. So many times we want to take on the world by, we want to champion. Come on, work with me for a second. You want to be the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But if you're the winner, where's God? Yeah. Because the Bible says the battle's not yours, it's his. Yeah. That means he wins. If you read your Bible long enough, you'll find out in the end of the book, yes, you win, but He's the victorious one. So this is this is all that understanding. How am I going to find rest? I got to take up His yoke, learn from Him. I got to I got to stop being dumb. Amen, and understand that He's gentle and lowly in heart. Then I'll find rest for my soul. Look at look at that verse thirty. It says, "For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Rest only comes to those who take on the my, not the mine. Rest only comes when yours becomes his. He gives rest while you get rest. He said, for my yoke is easy. Somebody said to me, it's so hard to live for God. I said, why? It's too many rules. It's only rules when you're a slave. It's only rules... When you don't see him as the father that he is. Slave mentality is only birthed when you choose to follow a slave master. But if I understand that I'm a servant. And that I have access to the house. And that in him I I, I have access. Then I understand that when he says, hey, yoke up. That's cool with me. You obviously see something I don't see coming. Yoke up, Brian. Because the burden's about to get a lot easier. You know, we all go, Pastor, I want rest, and we chase rest all over the world. We think vacation fixes us. We think if we're going to get rest, we got to go here, we got to go there. And then we, we see all these pictures of beaches, and we go, want to go there, and then you find it'll cost you like $5,000 just to go to that beach, and you're like, I'll never get there. So we make little oases in our backyards and hoping that it'll somehow give us peace and rest. But I'll be honest with you, there's not a hammock in this world. There's not a beach in this world, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't do beaches because I burn. I just go from white to red back to white. That's all it is. Just all it is. That's all it is. I went to Punta Cana one time and almost couldn't come home because I burnt so bad. Amen. And, uh, yeah, it was, we, we, we're going we're, we're gonna to find vacation up north where it snows. Amen. 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 Uh, <laughs> all, these, like, all these people are like, yeah, Louisiana's too hot. Understand that if you declare the yoke to be yours, then the burden will never become light. I'm going to let you sit on that one for a second. If you declare the yoke, the things that cause, that are weighing on you, the things that are sitting on you to be yours, then your burden will always be heavy. But when you understand that my yoke is easy and my burden is light, then you stop being encumbered by your existence and find rest in his. We were talking about this the other day. I you know, my sir, I got my surgery coming up in July, and, and somebody asked me, Pastor, are you nervous? I'm like, No. Why? Look, can I just be honest with you? Whether I'm here, whether I'm there, it's I'm still God's. I'm good. I'm Pastor, don't say it like that. You're gonna live forever. No, I'm not Papa. <laughs> He's living forever. Okay. But 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 but, but truth be told, I, I'm really okay. I'm I'm not Pastor We, we no, I'm good. I'm, you know why I'm good? Because I've come to him. All you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ah! Now I don't have to stress over stuff. Your stress is because you choose to stress, not because he's bringing you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Not your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. But you need to remind yourself that every day. If you start to get stressed out and heavy weighed down, man, ask yourself, what yoke am I under right now? What burden am I carrying? If it's not his, put that sucker down. Put it down. It's going to kill you. Put it down and leave it alone. And rest. Do not mistake rest for memories and good times. Do not mistake rest. Well, I remember. No, that's not going to give you rest because you're going to be mad because you're not back there again. We, we, Look, as a family, we've been to Disney a couple times. We like going to Disney World. That's the kind of th- thing we just kind of like to do sometimes. The last time we went to Disney, this is what both my wife and I said. We ain't going back. <laughs> it is not the happiest place on earth. That is a lie <laughs> from the pit of hell. It is demonic completely because your kids have meltdowns and you go broke in a day. You come back with all this garbage that the kids are throwing away three days later. or you finding a coin? What, what did we just do? No. No, we're now trying to do other things. And we went to the mountains. And, and we didn't do a lot of crazy. People we were like, did you go to Dollywood? Did you go? No, we went from Nashville to Gatlinburg and just walked around. Ate like we would lost our minds. You can thank my wife for that one. Amen. We had a place called, what is it, place? The Pancake What? Pancake pantry. Dear God, y'all better pray. I let her hide said, we're going to die before we get home. You know that, right? We have ate way too much. All that weight I lost has come back, and I'm going to have to get back outside and sweat it off. Amen. Don't mistake rest for memories and good times. Rest is found when you take time to follow him. Can, can I be honest with you? Taking time to follow him doesn't mean you have to go sit in a closet and read your word and meditate on it and pray and seek his face constantly. It's disconnecting from everything else. And allowing him the space to come in and communicate to you. That's what golf does for me right now. When I go out on the range and I don't go with anybody, I'm just sitting there and it's like, boom and it goes off to the left. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Okay, got to fix that. And here's the funny part. It's like stupid stuff like this. I hit the ball wrong and the ball goes off, right? And then I start to realize where I went wrong. And I allow for the correction and then it goes straight. It's the same thing with God. You might hit the ball off every once in a while. But if you'll sit in it long enough, God will give you the correction to hit it straight again. But you got to stay in him. I'm finding, and you might have your space, but in order to find rest, you can, mm, Jesus, work will not give you rest. I know you think money will, but money will not give you rest. Because the moment you earn money, you'll chase more money. Money does not give you rest. Taking time gives you rest. I'm, I'm having to teach myself this. I am a workaholic by nature. I will work 15 18 hours a day and not even think twice about it and just keep going my wife says if there's no work you'll make work and she's right i'll create stuff to do i gotta gotta, gotta work gotta work gotta work now i take mondays off and i take thursdays off and then she's like what are you doing i don't know (laughs) what are you doing today i don't know (laughs) are you staying home i I guess so (laughs) because i and and i'm itching and i want to go grab my laptop and i want to do more work and i want to put more things together and, and i'm having to learn that when i find rest i'm better Rest is good. Rest. Oh, Jesus. I wish I could scream this at you. Rest is really good. I'll never forget the last story, Pastor Ben. Come on. I, uh, when I was a youth pastor in New Orleans, I uh, did a, a, our first conference right before Katrina. Literally right before Katrina. And I decided to take all of our team to Sandestin. I grew up in Florida. I grew up in Fort Walton Beach, Destin area. And and so it, that's like second home to me. And But I don't go back anymore because I burned. So. It's not a second home anymore, but we'll wait till it gets cold, amen. And, uh, and so we went to Destin, and so everybody's at the hotel, and they're out on the beach for three days. You know what I did? I crawled into bed, opened up the door, heard the sounds of the waves, and slept for three days. One of the most amazing vacations I've ever been on in my life. They're like, are you coming out? Yep, when it's dinner time, but don't come see me before then. And you go, but I just couldn't do that. Then you need to slow yourself down so you can. Rest is good. But sleeping to try to get rid of a problem, is called worry. Rest means, God, I, I'm resting. I tell you, you can ask Tiff. I get in the bed. She, she wants to ask me a bunch of questions. I get that. I'm married. She's a woman. I get it. And I'm like, I'm not even thinking right now. Men, can y'all work with me for a second? Y'all know what I'm talking about. When seven and I got married and, and I come home from work and she go, what'd you do today? I worked. No, what did you do today? I, I worked. What do you want from me? <laughs> Same thing I do every single day. I work. She wanted to understand what I was doing. So I had to finally realize at the beginning of our marriage, like, this is what she wants. So I'd, I'd say, okay, give me, give me some time to get in and kind of disconnect and defrag for a minute. And so we get in bed that evening and we people watching TV together as young couples do. And she, okay, she just turned okay. You ready? Man, work with me. Okay. And so I'd go, okay, well, I woke up this morning at 7 o'clock, got up, rubbed my eyes, walked to the bathroom, did what you usually do in the bathroom, got in the shower, kind of bit my body around because I was kind of hurting that morning, got dressed, got ready, grabbed some out of the kitchen, kissed you goodbye, went to her, and I'd literally tell her, like, everything throughout the whole day. And then she was finally looking at me, she goes, okay, That's enough. (laughs) too much. See, I knew what I was doing here. I was, I was working it out. I was working it out. But what I had to understand was, and what it really actually started doing for me was helping me to see where I wasn't resting. I now have to tell her to stop, where she, for 12 years, has been telling me to stop. I'm like, baby, sit down. No, we got to do this. Sit down. The dishes aren't running out of the kitchen. They're going to be there in 20 minutes. Just rest. And sometimes I'll grab her and I'll pull her down and my kids will go, what are you doing? I'm holding your mom captive. Because I've learned that rest doesn't come by doing more things. Rest comes when you sit down and allow God to bring more things into your existence. I used to worry about this church. I'd go to bed at night. I mean, when we started the church, I used to stand at the window our, when we first started New Orleans and I'd, Hope that a car would turn in because, literally, there was five of us. I'm like God, please turn one in. Like, and I'd get worked up, and then the finances would be tight, and things wouldn't get paid, and da 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 da, da and all these struggles would happen. Like, God, I don't understand. God, what did I do wrong? God, are you mad at me? And, and did I miss your calling? And I hate to say this, but it's only been like the last three years I've really learned to just. God, you're good. Your mercies endure forever. Your mercies are new every morning, and I'm going to rest in you, and I'm going to trust you. Oh, I got got one more. I got one more. I got so much. I can't go on vacation because I get too many stories I want to tell. I I, I go see a chiropractor because I got this weird hip thing that kind of goes like this. And uh, my wife, I've always gone to Picune because the the Picune chiropractor has always been a blessing to us. But my wife's like, you need to go see Slidell Chiropractic. And so I went and did all the stuff, and Dr. Brett, and if you watch this, hey, man, I'm talking about you. Uh, but he came in, and he, he walked, and he's like, the house, woo woo. <laughs> he said, I heard a lot of good things about your church. And I said, well, praise God. We start talking back and forth, and I go do all the x-rays and all the stuff, and then he finishes adjusting me. And while I'm laying on the bed, he grabs my hands, and he starts praying over me. And this is what he said. I'll take that because I can't I can't get it out of my head. He goes, Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit right now. And we ask God that you would lead and guide Brian. And that, God, he would not have to be in this chiropractic space for long. That, God, you're going to restore his body. That you're going to heal him. That you're going to deliver him. That, Father, you're going to strengthen him and make him better than he's ever been. Father, we just think, and, man, he, and I'm just, I'm, i The presence of God was so thick. And I get up and he goes, I need you to know that I wish more people would pray for pastors. And he said, but I'm going to start praying for you. And Tiff called me. She said, did you go to the chiropractor? I went, yeah. I didn't even care about the adjustment. I was like, he prayed for me. She goes, he didn't pray for me. But let let me explain to you why he was able to do that for me. Because when my back hurts, it hurts. And it stresses me out sometimes and it's painful. And I think he, because he was connected, he sensed it. And he moved into that position in rest to pray over me. And I didn't walk out with an adjustment. I walked out with rest. I walked out with peace. I walked out with joy. Can I help you with this? If you'll live in this scripture, come to me all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you'll do this, if you'll live in that Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, you will not only find rest for you, you'll find rest for your house. You'll find rest on the job. You'll find rest everywhere you go. Because what you say is, God, it's all yours. I'm just going to ride the ride that you give me. And I'm going to trust you. And if it goes off a certain way, I'm going to keep trusting you. Because I know as long as I do. If I come to you and I trust you, we're gonna make it through this thing. Everybody, stand to your feet. Was that good? That help? I know. I had to follow in Pastor Ben's steps, so I, I had to bring. I had to bring something good this morning. I'm still not great at this, guys. I'm still working at it. I still have my moments. I still have to be reminded sometimes. God's like, stop. You can't fix it. How many fixers I got in the room? <laughs> y'all, y'all are like, that's me. You can't fix what you didn't create. And you're not the creator, so you might as well just let it go. All I can do is just trust God in the middle of it. And know that he's with me. I woke up this morning at peace. Last week, I heard about what a great crowd we had. I heard I heard about how the, how the response was. I heard about all these great things. I'm like, man, I must have going out of town more often. I was completely at peace. I, I usually check on the church throughout the morning and I got to know what's going on. I got to know what's going on. I'm driving. I'm like, yeah, we're playing songs and listening to my kids' whining in the back and all that great stuff. You know what's funny? Here's the funny part. So I'm, I'm in the car, and I, we used to have live stream, and for some reason last Sunday, live stream didn't even work. And I looked at my and said, that's a sign. I said, God's trying to tell me something. He stopped, he stopped it from working, so I wouldn't go listen to it, so I just enjoy my trip. Find rest. Rest is good. Not only rest in Him, but rest with your family. I'm a better pastor when I get time with my family. I am. Because if I can lead them, then I can lead you. Amen. Take the hand of the neighbor standing next to you. The Bible says there's strength in numbers, but there's also peace in numbers because you're not alone. Squeeze the hand of the neighbor standing next to you. Don't try to cripple them. Just squeeze it. You're like, I want you to have rest. Don't do that. (sighs) Laughter does good like a medicine, amen. Here's what I'm going to pray. And, and then at the end of service, the altar team will be up here. The team will be up here ready to pray with you. If you haven't received Christ, it will be your moment to do it. Don't walk out of here unsaved. Walk out of here saved and walk in the rest that it brings. And if you need to give your heart back to God, you can do that as well. But this is what I feel like I need to do as your pastor this morning. Would you do me a favor? Just right where you stand, will you just close your eyes? Please don't look at me. That Just stay in the moment for a second. I, I know it's weird to close your eyes. You think I might do some weird something up here. And you can't see. No, I'm not. I'm still standing in the same place. Here's what I'm praying right now. I'm praying that the spirit of rest overtakes you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every thought and imagination that would exalt itself above who you are and what you can do in their lives. And I declare over this house and the people that stand in this room and the people that are watching online or will watch online. Father, I declare right now in the name of Jesus that rest overtakes them. That it floods their homes, it floods their jobs, it floods their families, and that they begin to find rest. Not rest in the world, not rest in money, not rest in jobs, not rest in what they want to do, but rest in you, knowing that you have already overcome the world. That worry is not of you, but trust and faith is what you've called us to do. Father, I pray all anxiety to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Every bit, I see it in this room. There are people in this room that are battling anxiety. And I declare by faith that this is the last day that you suffer with that demon. Because that is a demon that is trying to keep you from rest. And I bind it right now. And I declare peace to overtake that thing. I loose the spirit of peace to go into your lives right now. Now watch this. Right where you're standing with your eyes closed, let go of the hand standing next to you. Do me a favor. Just lift your hands up all the way up as high as they'll go. Just say this with me. Say, God, I surrender to your rest. Slow me down. Stop me if you have to. I need your rest. And it starts now. In Jesus' name.